Welcome to the MetaCAF FutureLink podcast, where we explore the latest trends, technologies, and ideas shaping the future of the internet and beyond. Join us as we delve into artificial intelligence, virtual reality, blockchain, and more, with expert guests and insightful discussions. Whether you're a tech enthusiast, a business leader, or simply curious about what's next, this podcast is for you. So please sit back, relax, and let's explore the exciting world of tomorrow. Welcome to the MetaCafe FutureLink podcast, where we explore the latest trends, technologies, and ideas shaping the future of the internet and beyond. So please sit back, relax, and let's explore the exciting world of tomorrow. Today, I have the head of decentralization for the Fox Foundation that supports crypto management platform Shapeshift with me, Willy. And also, I met Willy last summer at the Cosmoverse event in Medellin, Colombia. We will also find out where he will be traveling this year. And also today, we will discuss with Willy's crypto background and Fox Foundation, like that support Shapeshift's mobile application, the Fox token, and the importance of the privacy and security and in this space, our conversation will last for about like 20 minutes. Before we'll join, welcome, first of all. Thanks, GM, everybody. Happy to be here. Yeah, before we really join the Shapeshift or the Fox Foundation, and could you tell us some information about your career, please? Sure. I started my career really back in 2013 as a college student at University of Colorado Boulder. Uh, started a company as a class project and ended up dropping out of college with one semester left to follow my dreams. And that was a five-year journey of building a Web2 startup. It was in the legal tech space. It was a SaaS-enabled marketplace. We were like Calendly for lawyers and um, clients could book free initial consultations with attorneys. So it was like a SaaS-enabled marketplace. Awesome journey. Learned a ton. Um, ultimately ended up selling that right at the end of 2017. Not a huge sale, but we paid back the investors and we had a small win for the team. And again, we learned a ton. Over 20, the course of 2017, I had really fallen in love and became pretty obsessed with crypto. I was fortunate to have sold my house. And at the beginning of 2017, I finally had some money to invest. Before that, I'd been putting every dollar I had into the startup and just trying to survive. So I had heard about Ethereum from Kyle Samani. Shout out to him for me about it. He was a mentor for our startup. He's now the managing director for Multicoin Capital. So he told me about this thing called Ethereum and it blew my mind. I thought it was super cool. I was a big fan of the whole vision and the idea of anyone being able to just deploy these unstoppable permissionless apps that anyone could use. It really, really resonated with me. So I bought some Ethereum at the beginning of 2017. Of course, 2017 happened and uh, I felt like a genius by the end of it. I really didn't know much at the beginning, but like the course of 2017 really inspired me to dive deeper and learn about it. And the deeper I learned, just the more I fell in love. So um, the same month that we sold my first startup, Just Legal, in December 2017, I started a new project with some friends called Bitfract. And Bitfract was the first tool where you could trade Bitcoin for multiple digital assets in a single transaction. Um, it was built on top of Shapeshift, so you could send Bitcoin in. We had this cool little rainbow UI. It's kind of like the cover of the Pink Floyd album, where you have Bitcoin coming in as a beam of light and then refracting into a rainbow of all the different cryptos that you wanted to buy. That was an awesome journey. So coming from this five-year uphill battle, really not knowing much, Bitfract was a really fun experience with four other friends. And it was 
from idea to launch to acquisition by Shapeshift in a, in a six month span. So just a really awesome kind of uphill roller coaster. And that was a much bigger win from the, for the team. We didn't raise any money from investors. Started working at Shapeshift in June, 2018. I um, became principal product manager there. And when we launched the DAO in 2021, uh, played a big role in kind of setting the DAO up for Genesis um, to hand it over to the community. And then stayed with Shapeshift for the final six months of the transition as a, as a corporation dissolved and as employees were let go in three waves. And then once Shapeshift dissolved, I joined at the Fox Foundation as head of decentralization to support Shapeshift DAO in achieving full decentralization. That's our primary mission. Along the way, also had some fun, got did a hackathon project at Eat Denver that got first place and became kind of grew into the new version of Giveth. Wow. So that's what really gave me exposure to DAOs. I've been working with Giveth for like a year and a half before Shapeshift launched its DAO. So I'd really seen firsthand the power of DAOs and the ability to create a community-owned organization where like-minded people from all around the world who have that same vision can just join the Discord and build cool shit together without any central organization or authority. Yeah. Um, so when I heard Shapeshift was going to go full DAO, I was like, this is the best day ever. I, I jumped out of my chair. I was like, yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're about almost two years now into the DAO journey, and it's been awesome. So I'll stop wow. there, but happy to chat more about any of these things. Wow, really. Um, you you have gained a lot of experience with different products and different organizations. And and when I first met you, I saw you like I can say you're super energetic, super positive, and you love your job. Absolutely. You, you yes. love what you are doing. Like you have a really passion. I, I can see it's a really a, what an inspiring story in the first of all, you are like true entrepreneur and my audience our audiences is really for important them yeah it's such a story let's deep dive and <laughs> uh, to do like fox foundation and uh, that you support to also shapeshift DAO. and i want to ask user experience is too important like plays a crucial role in this like success of any any product and also like DAO because it's so important how people can contribute and is a seamless way maybe and like beneficial way. How does Fox Foundation prioritize the user experience? It's the blockchain-based platform like like Shapeshift DAO. And also please tell us about Fox Token in this point. Yeah, happy to. So the first thing I should make clear is kind of how the Fox Foundation and the Shapeshift DAO are, are related to each other. So when Shapeshift used to be a corporation, it was started in 2014, long before Ethereum or DAOs were even a thing. And it transitioned to a DAO in 2021. And when that transition started, there were still certain things that that Shapeshift Corporation couldn't just give to the DAO. Um, so things like the domain names, the trademarks, the patents, the servers and databases, the bank accounts, of course, like... There's just things that DAOs can't yet hold on chain where you can't really give the community like trustless autonomous control over. So the purpose of the foundation was to basically be a steward of some of the legacy centralized assets that the DAO couldn't yet hold and basically steward and maintain these legacy assets while also piece by piece dismantling these and either figuring out ways that we can transition them to the community or potentially replacing them with other decentralized alternatives that the community can control. Or in some cases, we might decide that we just are going to give it up uh, in the spirit of being fully decentralized. 
So things like the email list, for example, we have not yet figured out a clear path to be able to give the email list to the community in a way that doesn't open up a whole can of GDPR regulations and risks. So that's an example of something that we might give up. So the, the DAO has no control over the foundation. The foundation has no control over the DAO. But the mission of the foundation is to support the DAO in achieving full decentralization. So my primary role is at the foundation, but I do spend a lot of time working with the, the product work stream at the DAO and, and helping out over there. That's um, my passion for sure is on the product side. And uh, I love user experience as well. Something I've always been very passionate about. I personally love apps that have a good user experience. And I am a big fan of just being very thoughtful, like especially knowing how hard it is for engineers to build good software, cutting edge software. Um, I think it's really important for product people, for designers, for people other than just engineers, although I really respect engineers can do both user experience and code, but those are rare. So I think it's a great opportunity for designers, product people to really be so thoughtful about every step that the user goes through in the journey and then thinking, you know, what's the, what's the simplest way that we can use the mover, the move the user from point A to point B? What is, what does the user want to do? What information do they need to make an informed decision? It's really just about being thoughtful. And I think so many apps just like, don't put that thought in, they rush it, which doesn't make sense to me because like, honestly, in some ways it's the UX is an easier part, in my opinion, than actually building all this like cutting edge technology and writing the code. So I think it's, yeah, in terms of like cost benefit, I think it makes a lot of sense to invest in the user experience. Another mistake that probably a lot of crypto projects make is they just don't talk to users enough. We're very fortunate at Shapeshift to like the DAO to have started off. We've we've always had, ever since I've been a part of Shapeshift, a large number of users, which is something that is very valuable. It's so much harder to get feedback when you don't have actual users using your product. So yeah, we're very grateful to have a super supportive community that's always using the product, eating our own dog food, giving feedback and willing to do things like user tests or or user service. Are you struggling to get the media attention your business deserves? Do you want to boost your brand awareness and establish yourself as an industry leader? We are providing not a press release publishing in the blind link, but an actual article on top tier media. With our team of experienced PR professionals and journalists, we'll help you craft compelling stories and pitch them to top tier media outlets. From Forbes to TechCrunch and Bloomberg US, VentureBeat and Yahoo Finance, we'll work tirelessly to get your business the coverage it deserves. Let Pyrrhix.co help you take your business to the next level with our top-tier media coverage service. Visit our website today to learn more and schedule a free consultation. Yeah, exactly. I agree 100%. It's crucial to talk first with potential customers before they build up user experience. And a lot of startups like pass this process and like, just going to like build up the product and full product also like also user experience. And I will definitely highlight it, what you are saying. It's so important. And also we talk about like user experience and security is a paramount in the blockchain space, given the value and sensitivity of our digital assets, right? And how do you guys ensure the security of user funds and personal information on your project? So let's start with user funds. The way that Shapeshift ensures security of user funds is that we never hold them. Um, Very core to to Shapeshift's values. And that doesn't mean there's no risk. Obviously, with great power comes great responsibility. So we kind of decentralize the risk and we push it out to the the end users. 
Absolutely. If you're an end user and you have your 12 words and you compromise those 12 words, you will lose your funds. But other users in the ecosystem, as long as they keep their seed phrase secure, um, then they're they're protected. So um, Shapeshift itself has never lost users' funds simply because we don't hold them. On the personal information side, we also just don't hold any personal information. Shapeshift as a centralized organization, unfortunately, was required by regulations to, to require users to give up their personal information and to store it. Even though Shapeshift didn't want that information, users didn't want to give up that information, but Shapeshift had no choice. That was the Shapeshift of the past. And the reason for that was that Shapeshift was a custodian. It was the counterparty to every trade. And so because of that, things like the Bank Secrecy Act say, you got to know your customer, unfortunately. So as a DAO now, Shapeshift is just an interface. So users come with their keys and they use our beautiful open source decentralized interface to interact directly with decentralized protocols. So because of that, we're just we're not an intermediary. We're just a nice interface. And in terms of the information that we do collect, this is actually a pretty fascinating topic. There's um, been a couple, a series of proposals that you can check out on um, Shapeshift to see how, kind of how the community has debated and determined what the optimal balance of how we collect and use information. I really appreciate this because I very much have a balanced view. I totally support privacy, but also on the product side, I understand the importance to have analytics so that you can make informed decisions. So at Shapeshift, the balance that we've kind of struck is that we have on app.shapeshift.com, anonymized and aggregated user analytics. So we can see, oh, you know, a user from Bulgaria came and they clicked on these things and they did a trade of this value, right? But we have no idea who that user is, what their IP address is, what their wallet addresses are, what their email address is. Um, we have just, and you can see all these analytics are actually public. So you can actually see the dashboard of data that Shapeshift uses, and you can see all this aggregated anonymized data, it really helps to make informed decisions. What we don't do is we don't take all this personal information that we don't really need. Like we don't care who the individuals are, and that doesn't, we don't need that to make informed decisions. That's why I give Uniswap a hard time sometimes because I think they're collecting way too much information that they do not need to collect. They say, oh, we need this to make UX decisions. No, you don't. Look at the decisions that we're able to make. Look at the data that we're able to have and the insights that we can derive. We don't care what the person's name is. We just care what the users in aggregate are doing on the platform. We also have private.shapeshift.com version that collects zero data. So if you are very passionate about privacy and security, you don't even want to have, you don't want to be included in the anonymized usage metrics, then you can opt out and just go to private.shapeshift.com, get the exact same experience. But a lot of users are happy to share anonymized usage metrics. It's not super important to them. So it's a really nice balance because for the users that care, they got the fully private version because a lot of users are happy to share information. They share that in an anonymized way with Shapeshift, which gives Shapeshift information it can use to make the product and experience better for you as a user. Yeah, exactly. Thank you for valuable insights also about this security space because it's like crucial and paramount in the blockchain space. And I want to move this conversation a little bit like strategic partnerships side because also it's so important in crypto space, like the different culture, the different like do way of business. And you are operates in like rapidly evolving crypto space. Can you share your experience maybe in this organizations like Fox Foundation or Shapeshift DAO or like previous experience you have? Can you sh share your experience and approach to cultivating strategic partnerships with other companies or platforms? Absolutely. 
to me, it's all about the win-wins. I think like win-win relationships, that's good business. And especially for Shapeshift, like it's all about our partners. We would be very little without our partners. So yeah, we it's very important for us to cultivate a community of strategic partners. Integrations, partnerships is very core to our mission and our, um, our operations. So yeah, we've got a number of different partners, like on the DEX side, ThorChain, Osmosis, CowSwap, ZeroX, LiFi, on the DeFi protocol side, Yearn, Idle Finance, ThorChain, again, for the Savers Vaults. We just launched Uniswap V2 liquidity providing today. I'm sure I'm forgetting some. But yeah, as you can see, like we are an aggregator of even aggregators sometimes and just an interface to all these amazing protocols. And for many of these, we have affiliate revenue partnerships too, which are pretty cool. So in ways where it doesn't cost the user any extra to use any of these protocols or services to Shapeshift, Shapeshift does not add any extra fees. A lot of these partners and protocols and services are willing to pay Shapeshift DAO a portion of the revenue that they generate on the protocol level for the volume um, that Shapeshift users drive. Um, so I always say like, we don't necessarily care how a partner or a protocol or service makes their pie. We just want mm-hmm. a slice of the pie that we help make. And it's a great win-win, right? Like they're not just paying for marketing and hoping it's going to turn into volume. It's like they're only paying a portion of the fees they generate from the volume that we drive. It's a really great win-win relationship. What I'm excited about is this next phase where we're actually going to reward the users who generate revenue for the DAO with Fox tokens. So again, it won't cost you any extra as a user to use Shapeshift, but you can earn additional Fox tokens for the activity that you'd be doing anyways. And we can make Shapeshift the best way to use a growing number of protocols and services and hopefully figure out a way to sustain the DAO, fund the DAO's operations in a way that doesn't require adding fees on top of open protocols, extracting extra value from users, essentially being a middleman in this whole ecosystem where we're trying to remove middlemen entirely. So something I'm very passionate about, it's been in the works for a long, long time. We first wanted to get the platform to a really solid foundation, a good place where it's valuable on its own. It's the best at some killer features on its own before we sprinkle some token incentives on top because data can go crazy once you start adding incentives into it. And we want to make sure that people are actually using Shapeshift because it's valuable on its own, not just for the incentives. And we're finally getting to that point. And next couple of months, you'll see Fox Rewards added on Shapeshift. And yeah, hopefully that will just uh, pour some fuel on the fire, both for usage and for partners that want to get integrated with Shapeshift, want to get in front of Shapeshift users and incentivize them to come try their protocols out. So that's that's the dream. And yeah, um, one of the things I'll say, just say that I love about partnerships in the DAO world is that you can just like jump into their Discord, say GM, um, talk about the value that you can add and like what you have in mind for a collaboration. You can go straight to the forum and actually make a proposal. And you shouldn't just YOLO a proposal. Like if you have, if you surprise the community with a proposal, it's probably not going to pass, but you can't. <laughs> go directly to that community and have a conversation, communicate, and eventually just make a proposal directly to the community. And if your proposal is a win-win and you can paint the clear value, then there's a good chance your proposal will pass, which is totally different than the old centralized B2B world where you're like trying to just get get in the door and like, hopefully you can get one person to talk to you. And then that person's got to like talk to their manager and other stakeholders. And it just takes a ton of time and it's a lot of wasted time. So I really love, that's one thing I love about DAO world is just jumping into friends' discords. Yeah, exactly. And uh, we were talking about communities. Like I want to ask at this point, which events will you be attending this year? Will you be go to Turkey? <laughs> I, I really want to come to Istanbul for Cosmoverse this year. I think yeah. if there's any event I do this year, that's probably the one that it's going to be. I love going to DevCon, but there's not going to be a DevCon this uh-huh. year. Um, 
I'm also thinking about Burning Man. We'll, we'll see about that. I know you really got to like, oh, cool. Commit to it. But um, yeah, talking with with nouns about potentially going to Burning Man and rep, helping to rep. So this year, it's probably going to be less than most years because I'm moving in the process of moving. And so for that reason, not going to be going to ETCC or, or ETH Lisbon. But Cosmoverse, I've always wanted to go to Turkey. Cosmoverse in Istanbul sounds like an awesome opportunity. We've got some community members um, in Shapeshift that live out in Turkey. So just more more reason to go. Will you be at Cosmoverse in Istanbul? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. All right, there's another reason. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, also I wanna I wanna really go to the Cosmoverse Istanbul. It will be in October. And you know, it's like my audience is mostly from Turkey. Maybe the last thing is you can talk about like shapeshift DAO with Turkey relationship. What are yeah. you think? <laughs> so I invite all Turkey um, citizens to come join the Shapeshift community because we have an awesome Turkish community in our Discord. So you can select the Turkish language. We've got some awesome community members that are part of the globalization work stream that are based in Turkey. And that's one of my favorite things, again, about Shapeshift DAO versus old centralized Shapeshift. At centralized Shapeshift, we tried to do globalization, basically. And um, I would say we like completely failed. And we ended up like hiring like a department for that and then sunsetting it because it just wasn't working. Whereas in the DAO, it works really well. It's probably one of the things that's working best in the DAO, in my opinion, is just the yeah the ability for to spin up communities, localized communities in our Discord, like all around the world, wherever we have community members, and then for them to start growing their own community and just saying, hey, you know, come use Shapeshift, you can jump into our Discord, our apps translated by the different globalization workstream community members. So the apps available in Turkish, plus you can jump right into Discord and hang out with people that speak your own language. As these communities get bigger, they often start doing their own community calls or Twitter spaces and stuff like that, um, yeah. which I just think is so cool. I love to see that and uh, <laughs> would love to see some some Turkish community members join Shapeshift. Yeah, perfect. And also, maybe I, I can remember for audiences, you can follow Willy on Twitter, willywonka.it, and also Shapeshift, and Discord also, the Shapeshift DAO, right? And yeah, you can jump in the Discord and try to contribute or just reading or part of the community. Yeah, really, uh, thank you. Thank you very much uh, for this enjoyable conversation today. It's full of valuable insight from you. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. And yeah, I hope to see some of y'all in Discord or at Cosmoverse later this year. Yeah, Istanbul. <laughs> Rain check. Yeah, Meta Cafe will be broadcasting with a new guest next week. Goodbye for now. Bye.